along to another panic attack with Big John. Well, we had, yeah, I want to make sure I was centered on the camera for a moment anyway. Uh, we had another election last night. Several states voted uh, in primary elections. Uh, here in Ohio, it was cluster screw day. We usually don't have... Wait a second. We usually do not have primaries this late in the year in the Buckeye State. But uh, thanks to a rogue Supreme Court Justice Rhino, I guess you could call her, Maureen O'Connor, uh, we had a, had to wait this long to have a haphazard, I won't say haphazard, uh, have a primary election, both R's and D's. Um, not going to get into that. My last podcast and video, I I uh, talked about that, and so follow me on Getter and Twitter at the real underscore Big John, and I'll post. Uh, there is one article today. The rest is kind of off the top of my head, uh, but. Here in Ohio, uh, specifically in my area, we had a heated state central committee race, uh, which uh, longtime Republican Chairman Dave Johnson won easily over um, a guy named Rick Barron. Get into all of that. Uh, Kansas voted to keep keep abortion legal up to five months of pregnancy. Uh, that's the first post Dobbs and Roe versus Wade decision uh, on a uh, on abortion. So no state right now, as of time of this podcast, has changed its abortion laws. Uh, what they did in Kansas was they voted to not allow the state legislature to be able to change abortion laws. It was like an amendment to the state's constitution. And it was a little confusing because if you voted no, it meant you supported the ballot initiative. If you voted yes, it meant you supported the legislature being able to make changes to the abortion law. Really strange. Uh, but anyway, talk about that later. Um, this initiative, or this uh, election, elezione in Ohio, 
went like this. Um, Chairman Johnson, he's been up up until the the passing of uh, the late great uh, Chairman Alex Archnikoff. Honestly, in my 24 years, just no bullshit. Uh, Dave and Alex were the top two county chairmen in the United States by most people's standards. Okay. Uh, there was a very negative campaign run against Chairman Johnson, which included a slew of uh, advertisements, which, and one mailer, I wouldn't say a slew, but uh, several uh, advertisements, which didn't include uh, things like disclaimers, who approved it, who paid for it, things like that. Um, the one mailer I got, you know, that's the postcards that the politicians send you in the mail, uh, did not have a disclaimer, did not have a return address, and the postage was paid for by some someone in Delaware County or the city of Delaware, Ohio, the Delaware, Ohio post office. That was where the permit number cha uh, traced to. Delaware is near Cincinnati, <laughs> which is the opposite side of the state from where we live. I live over where Pennsylvania, uh, West Virginia, and Ohio all come together along the Ohio River. But the Youngstown Vindicator, or for those of you English-speaking people, Vindicator, uh, ran an article. And I'm a little, uh, well, anyways, I had to search this out to find out who won, basically. Usually you find everything out on Facebook. Anyways, the Vindicator uh, has the headline, Johnson wins bitter GOP state committee race. Um, he won 77% of the vote to 23%. Uh, the district includes all of Mahoning County, which went Trump in first time a Republican Uh, anyhow, uh, Trump was the first Republican to win Mahoning County in like a thousand years or something. Uh, and that was 2020, actually. But somehow he lost the rest of the... Well, anyhow. Uh, includes all of Mahoning County, Columbiana County, and Carroll County. This means that he represents those three counties to the Republican Central Committee. Uh, Johnson, who is also treasurer of the Ohio Republican Party, sued Barron and the political action committees of three counties contending Barron's social media posts about getting the endorsements of the three PACs were designed to confuse voters into believing he received support from the county Republican parties in each county 
after Barron said last Thursday he would remove the posts and not publish any new ones, Johnson dropped the lawsuit he filed July 15th in Mahoning Common Pleas Court. A day after the lawsuit was, uh, after dismissing the lawsuit, Johnson filed a motion saying Barron violated his the terms and asked the magistrate to hold him in contempt of court. Johnson caused the PACs, political action committees, a sh- uh, sham operations falsely purporting to represent duly constituent constituencies, local Republican parties. Let me reread that sentence. <laughs> Constituted. That's the word I was mispronouncing. I'm allowed one Joe Biden moment per podcast. Leave me alone. Sham operations falsely purporting to represent the duly constituted local county Republican organizations. End quote. There, I got it. Barron filed a response Monday that Johnson was delaying the dismissal in a fervorous attempt, frivolous, pardon me, attempt to keep the case open till after the election. He also said the PACs are legitimate. They can be legitimate, as in they filed the proper paperwork. But what this article is about to explain is, here, I'll just read it. They, they have their paperwork and their documentation filed properly is what I'm assuming Barron means by the PACs are legitimate. But they're full of shit. My opinion. The Ohio Republican PAC, which isn't affiliated with the state party, created associated PACs in all 88 counties in 2014. Those PACs are not affiliated with the county parties and don't raise or spend money, though the Ohio Republican PAC does. So probably what happens is the larger PAC raises the money and passes it down to the the local PACs or spends it in the counties on their behalf. Uh, the three counties, the three county PACs filed a claim Monday in the Ohio Supreme Court against Nicole Alexander, the Mahoning County magistrate in this case, and Judge Anthony Donofrio, for whom Alexander works saying the Ohio Election Commission in Columbus has the original jurisdiction over election cases such as this, and after that, those legal matters are heard in Franklin County Common Pleas Court. So, I'm not real familiar with this Ohio Republican PAC. I do know it is not affiliated 
with the local counties or the Ohio Republican Party. Okay? That's clear from what the article says. The Ohio Republican PAC, which isn't affiliated with the state party. So these could be Rhino Republicans, uh, a la the Lincoln Pedo Project. These could be anybody. These could be Hollywood Democrats sending money to influence Republican elections. Uh, other cases, other places, other situations. We've had the Democrats getting behind and spending, I think it was $40 million last I checked, money for uh, MAGA Republicans thinking they will be the weaker come November. The only differential problem with that is Chairman Johnson is a MAGA Republican. And this group was founded in 2014, which was pre-MAGA. So, we'll see where this goes and how goes it. Uh, interesting local election stuff. Uh, congratulations, Chairman Johnson. Friend of mine. Um, but, we'll see what happens with these lawsuits. Um, moving along, Kansas, not our Kansas. The Jayhawk State, Kansas, uh, voted yesterday to, in fact, let me pull up an article so I can make sure I have my facsimiles straight. Facts straight, not facsimiles. Facsimile is a archaic form of communication. So Kansas voted in the first post-Roe v. Wade Supreme Court decision uh, action by a state to keep abortion legal. Uh, the, what I mean by that, because that's a little confusing, no state before this had taken any action to change their abortion laws after the Supreme Court handed down the Dobbs and the Roe v. Wade decisions. What Kansas did was put a constitutional amendment on the ballot. I'll just click the first article I see from uh, NBC News. They put an amendment on the ballot to say that their state legislature cannot change the existing abortion law. And what wrote the Supreme Court decision said was the right to determine abortion uh, laws goes back to the states. That's all it did. So, Kansas vote to uphold abortion rights in their state. Kansans, pardon me. It shows a picture of some lady walking up her driveway. Not pregnant, by the way. 
Kansas voters on Tuesday overwhelmingly struck down a constitutional amendment that would remove language enshrining reproductive rights in their state in a move widely seen as a, as a victory for abortion rights activists. The proposed amendment was the first time anywhere in the United States voters cast ballots on abortion since the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade in June. There, they spelled it out a little better than I did. A lot better, actually. Um, the question on the ballot, known as Value Them Both Amendment, asked voters to decide whether the state's constitution should continue to protect abortion rights. The proposed amendment would have removed language that guarantees reproductive rights and asked voters if they would prefer to put the issue in the hands of the state's Republican-controlled legislature, an outcome that abortion rights activists said was all but certain to result in the elimination or curtailment, curtailment of those rights. A yes vote, this is where it got murky and cloudy for people, a yes vote on the measure would remove from the state constitution the right to an abortion and hand the issue back to the legislature. A no vote on the measure would make no changes keeping abortion rights enshrined in the state constitution. So, abortion up to five months of pregnancy is legal in, in Kansas still, is what it boils down to. Um, people were surprised that this happened in such a red state as Kansas. The interesting thing is, Kansas has been become, pardon me, a place for what's now called, we have a new word, new term in the English language. Kansas has become a destination for abortion tourism. Never thunk I would utter dumb words. I never thought I would say those words. Abortion tourism. In 2020, the number of abortions in Kansas went up because people from Oklahoma and Texas, or women, pardon me, because men cannot have babies. We can't. Women who claim to be men or identify as men can have abortions. But birthing a baby and having an abortion is still a woman thing. Okay. Anyhow, Oklahoma and Texas passed laws uh, limiting abortions, and people started traveling to Kansas to get their abortions. Women, damn it, John, call them what they are. Women started traveling to Kansas to get their abortions. Uh, maybe their boyfriends or husbands came with them. There, that covers me for saying people. 
But generally, this is the way abortion can happen. Pre-Roe v. Wade, you had folks, uh, let's say here in Ohio, abortion was limited and it still is. It has been limited again by the heartbeat bill. It passed a year ago or so. Got a relight here. Hold on. So it's pre Roe versus Wade, okay? People from Ohio would travel to, say, New York to get abortions. Women, damn it, John. Women from Ohio would go to New York to get an abortion. This will be probably the way going forward. Uh, if you need an abortion, well, let's say uh, a, a pregnancy that's going wrong, you and your doctor can still determine the mother's life is at risk, there needs to be an abortion. Almost every abortion bill or heartbeat bill that I have seen has that in it. That if the woman's life is at risk, they can still abort the pregnancy. Now, if you just want an abortion for birth control, which is the vast majority of abortions by Planned Parenthood's own statistics... You may have to travel, say, from Ohio to another state. The unfortunate 10-year-old rape victim that traveled from Ohio to Indiana to get an abortion did not have to travel across state lines. She was, would be considered a high risk uh, to the mother's life and she could have aborted that baby here in Ohio. Unlike what Joe Biden misled you or AKA lied and said, she did not have to leave the state of Ohio. Dave Yost, our attorney general, cleared that up. But obviously that did not get as much media attention as the president. So, We're going to stop here and talk a little about the MAGA Republicans winning last night. Uh, looks like Carrie Lake is going to be the Republican gubernatorial candidate in Arizona after some <laughs> funny counting last night. And I'll get into all that. So give me one. Un moment, por favor. BRB. <laughs> So last night was another big good night for Republicans, uh, particularly on the MAGA ticket. I was looking on, uh, was, I think it was Rumble, or they had an election night coverage, and their the initial post or the initial video that I was watching 
was uh, streaming results, just a, you know, showing a picture of the percentages of the votes coming in. Then I found Charlie Kirk's news feed on Rumble, and uh, it, it was a lot clearer, the picture that, of what was going on. Um, the one thing that uh, made me go, hmm, was Carrie Lake was down uh, big, like 9% uh, in Arizona. But... The thing of it is, in Arizona, their counties are huge, okay? And it's hard for the county recorders to get to all these votes. Say, for example, here in, in Ohio, we have 88 small counties. Each county has a board of elections that counts the votes that night and it's done in a few hours. Unless you're me and you're a write-in candidate and you keep the whole state up uh, till 2 a.m. while your board of elections counts your write-in votes by hand. <laughs> you're welcome, Frank LaRose and everybody at the board of elections. So, big takeaways. Republicans that voted for impeachment of Trump lost. So a lot of the R's who voted in the House of Representatives for impeachment are either retiring or losing their primaries. That's awesome. Uh, Carrie Lake, when I wrote my notes, was catching up in Arizona. When it came to the, the vote counting, they... What they do is Arizona stretches it out over several days. They count the mail-in votes first, which we know are becoming more and more popular, becoming a bigger part of elections, right? Those get counted first. Then, as the local voting locations have their votes collected, they count the same-day votes second. That's kind of how we do it here in Ohio. Now, in Arizona, they have a law that, or a, a rule, a way of doing things, that if you get a ballot mailed to you, you can drop it off at your local polling location that day. Those ballots are not counted until a day or two after the election. So last night, Carrie Lake went on a live stream and told her constituents, don't worry, the same day votes are coming in and they are exactly matching up with our internal polling. Her opponent, uh, hell was the opponent's name? Kathy somebody, Rhino establishment Republican backed by Mike Pence and the McCain family. Uh, her opponent said that, you know, oh, Carrie Lake's already spreading conspiracy theories. She's one of these that thinks Trump won the election. He might have. <laughs> Anyhow, 
so they both had their live streams and told their constituents how to do or you know this is what's going on uh lake last i checked was up 42 percent what happened was the the mail-in ballots favored her opponent or her main opponent here i got the goddamn thing right here why am i looking at it so i don't have to guess the opponent's name duh Karen Taylor Robeson, who I think goes by Kathy. Uh, Karen Taylor Robeson is 44%, almost 44.5, and Lake is now up 46.22%. So Lake has 294,000 votes to Robeson's uh, 200,082 votes, which is about where Charlie Kirk said it was going to be. He said that uh, Lake would end up winning by 14,000 votes or so. Pretty good job, Charlie Kirk. So the mail-in ballots favored uh, Karen Taylor Robeson. That gave the false impression that Lake was losing by 9%. But as the same day ballots came in, Lake was winning like 60% to 30%. I think the mean that he came up with was 62% to uh, 38%, which in the end would give uh, Lake the lead over Robeson. Or Robson. Rob. They keep saying Robson, so I'll say Robson. So that's where elections start to get murky. Remember on election night, we had all those votes come in for Trump, and then out of nowhere, they said, oh, here's another vote drop, here's another ballot dump. Oh, Trump's lead is shrinking in Pennsylvania. And they kept counting ballots until he finally lost. Uh, I'm not going to go into all that. But in Arizona, they have like five or six counties, and they're huge. They stretch for like 100 miles. So to get the same-day votes to the voting location, the counting location, and then the next day they count these same-day drop-off votes, they call them. It takes forever. So it needs to be broke down a little more in Arizona. And this is something Carrie Lake campaigned on. We're going to have one election day. Not going to have, you know, 90 million days of early voting. And 100 days after that of counting drop off ballots and you drop your ballot off a week later and it still counts and things like that those only account for a small percentage of the vote but still Republicans traditionally vote the day of the election since this early voting uh, and 
free for all, wild and woolly, mail-in balloting voting started. Democrats have been favored in the mail-in votes and the early votes. Then Republicans show up on election day and we, we save the day. Some Republicans have been discouraged from voting, saying, well, the same day vote, um, things are already determined, my vote won't count. It, you know, we're starting to make excuses like the Democrats used to. No, get to the polls on election day. That's the best way to make sure your vote counts. And honestly, I'm for the old school. The only people that should get uh, to mail their vote in, it should be called absentee voting. And this was done forever, and it worked perfectly fine. If you were sick, handicapped, out of, out of town on election day, you could vote by mail-in ballot. <clears throat> you had to fill out a form, provide some kind of identification like a driver's license number, state ID number, or the last four digits of a social security card, and you could vote absentee. Worked perfect. Then the laws changed and state Supreme Courts started getting these cases where they said, oh no, everybody should get to vote mail-in. It doesn't matter. Let everyone vote mail-in. Then we end up with this cluster. And the uh, pandemic led to more cluster. But once again, so Carrie Lake's victory as far as I know, makes the third MAGA governor to win a Republican primary last night, Tuesday, August 2nd. Impeachment Republicans and Rhino Republicans are dropping like flies. Uh, Liz Cheney's going to get it next. Uh, so the Republican Party's more populist now. It is the populist party. Trump was the first populist president. So, there you have it. Trump candidates are winning in spite of the Democrats' best efforts. In spite of the Republican establishment's net best efforts. The next thing to do is when these uh, people get into Congress, get into the United States Senate, get rid of Mitch McConnell, get rid of the establishment Republican leadership. Furthermore, now as Carrie Lake has promised, they're going to have a stronger conservative legislature. They're going to clean up their voting. So next time the right candidate wins, Arizona. Uh, you're being MAGA Republicans, whatever you want to call us, whatever you want to call yourselves, you're being voted in for a reason. And you've got to change things. We've got to clean up the way the states vote. We've got to clean up Washington and the dirty money floating around 
the insider trading, all this stuff. Anyways, that's it. That's all, folks. God bless you. Pray for each other. I'll see you next panic attack.